Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I'm Dr. Law. Kid Presentables here. And uh, possibly my snoring bulldog from time to time. Lavender Gooms is here. No snoring bulldog on this end. DJ Mark is here. hey You guys know what's interesting about 2018? CNN can give me a clickbait article like... Uh, article headline like Trump may choose a TV personality as his new economic advisor and then I click the link and it's some guy who works for CM- C- uh, CNBC and I go man it could have been Kramer? so much worse could have been Kramer is it Kramer no, no it's Larry Kudlow who's not great but honestly I was just like you know what it could have been anybody we could have gotten I the thought host- you were going to say it was himself I was he, honestly I was thinking it was going to be the host of- manager and the assistant to the branch manager. I was thinking it could have been the guy who has the commercials where he wears a dollar bill suit and tells you how to get free money from the government. Oh, that guy's excellent. Is he even the- still around? I Is think that- he died out in like the early 2000s, right? That's what they used to. That was the commercials you used to get when you watched uh, ECW on TNN. Those are the quality of commercials you get. <laughs> now it's just uh, J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now word um yeah man it could have been the guy who could have been the host of fucking the bachelor guy in cnbc is pretty much as good as that was gonna go oh man you know who i wish it was if we're just speculating nonsense Mm. um i don't know if you all watch nathan for you but he had this reality uh like dating show and it was like the guy mark you remember the guy he got that was the host that wanted to make it clear that his threesome was with two women Yep. That was fantastic. Nathan, watch Nathan for you is what I'm saying. That's what you have I'm to see that to really appreciate it, but he would have been good. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. President's tweeting in all ta- caps right now about how the investigation that wasn't an investigation by the House committee that shoved its head in the sands has exonerated him. Just letting you guys know that if the Republican Party ran the House during Watergate... We all be flying into Nixon International Airport in every city, so just letting you know that. Um, all right, guys, uh, there's a UFC card this weekend, but quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. Um, Marcus can, Marcus and the Stefan can attest to this. I had Fight Pass on Saturday because it, I got a seven day trial, so in theory, I could have kept that shit because uh, we decided to partake in the co-main event drinking challenge. And uh, didn't go well, right, Marcus? <laughs> didn't get super far into that one. No. <laughs> I was kind of okay with it. I kind of got my fill, I guess. There's yeah. some good jokes. We had a couple laughs. We drank a little beer. And was halfway through, we're like, all right, you know what? And in retrospect, maybe not the best fight card. It wasn't. Like, oh, yeah. There was some there was some snoozers on there. And I think we uh, they talked about doing that loss, the second Las Vegas one, which yeah. was like all barn burners. That would have been the better I think I think honestly they picked that card just for because people voted for it because of Fedor versus Krokop, which yeah, which we didn't get to that fight. Well, you know what, the app breaking constantly, and when I say the app is breaking three times in two fights. Yeah, let's just point this out here, just so you guys know my setup here. Bobby likes him some tech, and I got internet so goddamn fast I could run NASA out of this house. Okay, 
So when I'm telling you the app is broken, the app is fucking broken. All right? Android TV app don't work. Chromecast app just closes itself if you're watching for more than 20 minutes, which when you're watching a fight card, I don't know. That might come up. Um, so this weekend, though, I uh, uh, we gave up. I immediately canceled my seven-day uh, trial because I don't trust the UFC not to charge my credit card in the middle of, like, day three or something. Um, so we're going to miss out on Jan Blockowitz, Jimmy Manoa, which isn't a bad fight, quite frankly, and uh, Fabricio Verdum, Alexander Volkov. Um, Volkov deserves credit, quite frankly, for being on a four-fight winning streak in the heavyweight division. And Verdum is just hanging out there at the top, hanging with dictators and warlords and talk and calling people faggot and also, uh, you know, saying he's going to wrestle. So that's Verdum in a nutshell. Uh, Mike, are you going to get this? Are you going to get Fight Pass to watch this? So I actually just never canceled my Fight Pass subscription. Mike, you what a hero you are, man. Did you buy like a year's worth or something? Uh, I was going to not renew it, but... Unlike uh, Stefan with his PlayStation Plus, they did have my credit card information and auto renewal. So it renewed back in November. So, you know, I have it for the next few months. You buy six months or a year worth? About a year. Oh, damn it, Mike. Just less expensive. So that means you guys hear this, right? Mike is going to give us all the Fight Pass information. He's going to watch this card at 5 p.m. Mike time. Um, he's going to tell you exactly what happened next week, right, Mike? Isn't the beauty of Fight Pass you can, like, watch it whenever? I mean, 5 p.m. Yeah. is not a bad time for a card, quite frankly. I think we should make Mike's account the shared It's MMA. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I didn't, um, I didn't uh, think you'd have a problem with it. The, honestly, really it to the, the UFC doesn't, do, doesn't let you be signed into more than one place. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, well, let's be real. You guys need to ask if I'm going to watch it or not, it's, and then you guys just well, go. Well, let, me, let me guess this. If I just randomly log on, I have a good feeling that Mike's not going to be using it, too. So it's really like... Uh, that's a fair assessment, yeah. quite frankly. Um, Basically, the only times I use the Fight Pass uh, app is when I'm doing laundry and I'm downstairs and I think to myself, I want to watch some old fights. Let's go. Mike's better than this. Jesus. I was giving Mike shit for not watching fights a week or so ago. He's, he's watching old fights. I'm sorry. I take it back, Mike. Jesus. Uh, I take it all back. Um... So yeah, kids, um, I'm kind of, you know, if I was going to point to something I want to see on this card, seeing what Tom Dukenois was going to do, you know, as a young prospect coming off of a you know, tough loss there against who I don't remember, I would have liked to check that out. And there's a guy called the White Mike Tyson fighting, um, who's got 18 knockouts in his 21 victories. So that's a thing. So, you know, Cajun Johnson's getting punished for all of his anti-Reebok talk. They make him fight Stevie Ray at... You know, at noon in fucking... Where are they even? London? Yeah, that's where Cajun Johnson needs to fight. Um, Mike, what are you watching? I'm watching my new favorite sport, professional wrestling. Oh, that's right. Mike's a big... Mike's Mike's gone all in watching the WWE. See, see, Ronda matters. We had to talk Mike into quality wrestling before. But here's Ronda. The Ronda show is here. I, She's I got people to the tables. The, the, one that's, the one that's actually interesting me a lot is uh, the chick with the purple and red hair, uh, the Japanese girl, Asuka. Oh, she just jumped to the other show oh, <laughs> last night. There she is. Oh, she's there? Never mind. Showed up last night on the show. She's going to wrestle. Um, I'm about to give Mike my WWE Network thing, make him watch NXT. His hair's going to fucking blow back. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, whatever the fuck happened in the UFC this past week including some fight bookings. We're going to talk about Bellator 
being an embarrassment that it is and just basically confirming it for all of us. So I guess there's no reason to be mad about it. They're just leaning into this at this point. Um, did a little uh, memoirs of a fight fan, which we half did in our group text a couple days ago. But quite frankly, there's plenty of examples. Uh, stuff we like. Um, sure, there's some games Marcus wants to talk about. Um, Stefan, I'm sure, has got some random show he's watching. Some games we all want to talk about. That Nintendo Direct happened, baby. Ah, uh, shit, I forgot. We can talk about all that shit. Um, t- I'll talk about Jessica Jones, because I watched that shit and finished it. Um, so let's get into it. Um, first off, we got ourselves a rematch for the middleweight championship of the world. Uh, Bobby Knuckles himself, Robert Whitaker. And I swear to God, I don't know why this didn't land on me before, this nickname, but I just heard it on a co-main event podcast. The Cuban Muscle Crisis, Yoel Romero. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's excellent. That's good. That That's, is uh, that is really that is good. a professional nicknamer who yeah. ever coined that one. Yeah. That is a professional nicknamer. Right that there. is a, whew, as a history nerd, as a fan of Yoel Romero, all those things, man. Well done. Um, Bobby Nichols, Yoel Romero going to run it back, going to do it in Chi-Town, uh, UFC 225. Um, going to be over. CM Punk. Hopefully. I was going to say, we're going to talk about that because they're not the main event. We know the real main event. Um, the people's main event, Bob. Honestly, does anybody think Bobby Knuckles is going to lose this time? Because he won last time. No. You know, I mean, I think that's where I, I'm leaning. Um, I think Bobby's going to take it. Um, and again, it's because his win was very methodical, right? It's kind of the one guy he couldn't put away when, you know, he put away right before that, he put away Jacare, which kind of was eye opening for a lot of people. But um, he significantly outpaced uh, Yoel. He had enough to stuff his takedowns, he had good enough movement to avoid his power shots. And then he had the hand speed and power of his own to punish Yoel when he came in. So um, I mean, we, we've seen Yoel is tough. The dude is durable. We, we've given him. Uh, grief for gassing but he's a tough finish he's a tough out you're not really cracking him super hard and if you are he comes back because he sits on the stool too long you know my man, shit, my man shit his my man shit his pants in a fight recovered and, and let's remember, back that's remember, remember that bobby knuckles won that fight with a bum knee that's true his shit was fucked going into that uh marcus you wanted to say something about this as well i caught when i asked you guys open-ended question without giving a real name what do you think marcus in this uh rematch Oh no! I was gonna. I, I think Steph said all the exact same things. I mean, yeah. he he tactically beat him. You know, it wasn't a fluke or a lucky strike or whatever. He just beat him every round, as far as I can remember. And I don't remember the fight super well. I was just. I, I I remember uh, my thing that stuck out was Michael Bisping was sitting cage side, and he had a Cuban flag and he was waving it. And then around the third round, when things no, weren't going did. well, yeah, he cracked the fucking thing and just threw it in the air like he's like, I guess I'm not fighting this guy. Yeah, uh, but you match for a belt not as competitive. The one that I'm still mulling over is joanna and rose coming up in a couple weeks like yeah <laughs> i'm feeling gonna pick joanna again you know what? it seems like a big mistake it seems like a frankie aldo 2 mistake but i don't know you know what i uh i will get into this a little bit later about the gap in fights here um so yeah uh, chicago also we got ourselves another person fighting uh stefan our guy the best in the world phil brooks aka Chuck Mosley Punk, a.k.a. Chick Magnet Punk. A- I don't know the other ones. Go ahead, Steph. <laughs> um, is he fighting the guy we think we're fighting? No, I don't. Him that he doesn't have a fight offer. Oh, God damn it. Is there some, uh, someone better than that? I don't want it. Mike, Mike Jackson, was that his name? Uh, I'm just waiting. I didn't, watch the sh- I didn't watch the thing that he was on. By the way, you forgot another alias of his. What? A.k.a. the guy that blocked us. Who blocked us? 
Didn't Phil Brooks block us? You're thinking Mike's of not, Will Brooks. Mike's not even listening. This is the depressing part. Will Brooks. Will, Will Brooks. Brooks. He's listening. Mike, look. Guys, look. The board. Okay, we all talk at the same time. Let me give you an example. Let me tell you what's happening here. Mike is staring at the TV and just like half talking to us. He's right, so in. He's in. I didn't know what CM Punk's actual name was. That's exactly what I was saying. I uh-huh. can't expect Mike, who literally started watching wrestling two weeks ago, <laughs> some guy's actual name. Well, earlier in the show, Stefan said. Bobby, he's not there yet. Stefan, how many minutes ago did you say CM Punk is fighting on this card? I mean, yeah. And like I said, if, if CM Punk had blocked me on social media, uh, I believe his name is Coach on Twitter. Yes. And also... Stefan did indeed say CM Punk was fighting on the card, but then you said Phil Brooks, so I just thought it was a different person. AKA then Chick, AKA, then I said AKA Chick Magnet Punk, AKA Chuck Mosley Punk. You think there's other guys with the last name Punk, Mike? <laughs> I didn't put someone two together. Okay, fine. Um, Stefan, uh, does I hope he's fighting someone bad? But I mean, that's who. Uh, I mean, is it Mike Jackson? Is that yeah? That's his name. That's his okay. Name. Um, that seemed right because that guy was Owen one. I think he was 33 or something. Like, that's what we wanted. We wanted just a proportionate fight of unexperienced, like, guys who got late starts in their career. Um, complain all you want about its merit of existing. You know, Dana White is the one who didn't want to let someone else cash in on CM Punk. So here we are. Um, that said, I like the guy. I, Good Lord, do I hope we see growth. Good Lord, do I hope we see anything, really, you know, because, frankly, CM Punk did not get to show anything. He was yeah. taken down pretty immediately. He was beat up pretty bad, and then he was subbed pretty fast. I mean, the fact that he got subbed and his ear got torn up a little bit, like, it was a real insult to injury. I'd just like to see him go out there and, like, show us he's learned something. That's the mark of success for me. I know it's a low bar. People are going to complain, blah, 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 UFC level. There is no such thing as UFC level anymore, people, by the no. way. So we're, we're um, going to have a conversation about that in a minute, too. And Stefan, you said that far more eloquently than I did when earlier I tweeted hashtag team punk. Fuck all of you. I'm rooting for him to get it done. So you're much more diplomatic in your response. Hey, <laughs> I like when I like. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. He has to yell. It's clobber in time. That's the only way he wins. Come on, guys. Let's just get it done. Uh, we're gonna, we'll have plenty of time to get into that um, as we get closer to the fight. Uh, Rashad Evans is on that card, too. And Rashad's actually from Chicago. Um, or at least, no, he's not. He's from Niagara Falls. From Niagara Falls. Yeah, why do I think he's from Chicago? I have something about Rashad, Rashad in Chicago in my head. I could be, maybe he used to work there or something. Whatever, Chicago, uh, Rashad Evans is fighting um, Anthony Smith from uh, a guy Mark and I regularly confuse with the other guy named Smith at 205. Marcus, you haven't, I mean. Can't remember what the okay. other one is. But yeah, what? The one I usually think of. How is, 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 shop, is how shop worn is Rashad? Are we done here? I, I kind of think so. <laughs> I kind of I've given up. You know, I, it seems I, like I such a mental thing with leave. him too, huh? It seems like such a mental thing with him. Also, like he's not doing anything. He's just he standing there. <laughs> he just doesn't. He just doesn't perform. So, um, yeah, I don't want to like write the guy off. Maybe he can because physically he seems like he's in great shape. He just can't really put it together. And I need to be convinced that he still has it at this point. So, this is a guy again. I think his last opponent was was it judo. Paul Kelly or something, right? Uh, like, he lost to the guy who looks like he's 100 years old. What's yeah, and I, in that fight, I was like, okay, this is the guy that I think he can compete with, and he did not compete with him. So at this point, it's really, Rashad, show me what you got to you know, get me excited again. But you know, he's, he's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to pay his bills and stuff, so I don't blame him. But you know, I can't get excited, so he's got to get me excited. So and he'll yeah. have to do that through this fight. So we'll see. 
Last Mike. loss is the smiling Sam Elvey. Oh, I forgot that even happened. Oh, yeah, that was fourth, a stinker, too. Fourth in a row. I and mean, amaz- look. Amazingly, he only has six losses. Seven. Oh, wait. Oh, MMA junkie's failing me then. Yeah. Um, Man, it's... He kind of looks like BJ Penn out there to me in that I'm just looking at him like, you should probably throw punches. Why aren't you throwing punches? I can't tell how slow you are if you don't throw punches. That's where I'm at with Rashad. Um, I mean, that's, his, that's my commentary about Sam Alvey, and Sam Alvey won that fight. So, I mean, this is, man, I'm sure Rashad's looking. He's like, the last two were splits. I could have be, I could be on a two-fight win streak right now. And look, it's he's 30. How old is Rashad? 38. Eight. He's older. He, I mean, been knocked out. He got knocked out twice. Who's the other person who knocked him out? Someone help me out. You guys remember him being, there's the one that stands out. Yeah, but, Leoto and somebody. Oh, Glover. Glover smoked him. Yeah. That was real quick. That was it. Um, yeah, we got Rashad fighting on that card. Um, let's talk. Uh, UFC level, Stefan, you mentioned it. Um, Nick Newell came back and fought. Uh, came out of retirement to fight, I guess. He was retired and won. Nick Newell is 14-1. and one. Uh, Early fans of It's I'm Amazing might recognize Nick Newell from... Marcus writing an article about this dude seven years ago, I think, ballpark. Um, Nick Newell, probably most known for he does not have um, a hand. He doesn't have a – I don't think he even extends to the wrist because he's got like a elbow. Yeah, his, his – I think it's his left arm. Is I don't think it's – I don't want to say – amputated. I don't know how exactly – I think he was, no, I think he was born with like something yeah. like – But born it, it cuts his, off right – after the elbow and he has a little bit of as you call it like a nub or something yeah. but if you watch his fights like he utilizes it extremely well especially with heel hooks and stuff it just kind of fits perfect so, um, so um he, he has, it too as a weapon he hasn't been cut he wants to fight in the ufc he thinks he deserves a fight in the ufc his only loss um not sure if you guys remember this i it was i was i think let me see when was this yeah it was it was uh it was during one of the ufc's yeah we were there we were at a bar watching justin gaethje uh, whoop his ass all over the cage. And I remember thinking, this doesn't look great. Like, the optics of it, but... Fuck it, man. Like, I think he should be in the UFC. Let's see what happens. What do you think, Steph? Um, I'd love for him to get a shot, you know. Why not? He, he's a good story. Um, And he, he wins. He wins excitingly. You know, like Mark said, he finishes fights. He got a finish from this comeback fight, right? Was it a choke or a neck crank or something? Face crank, which don't know how that's different, but it's a face crank. Mark, what's a face crank? <laughs> Wait, what? A face crank? Yeah. The fuck's a face crank? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's. I would read it as like a rear naked choke that, you know, is over the chin. That sounds like yeah, a jaw crusher. Like like again, just point being, the, the, the kid finishes, you know, um, it, it's a little jarring at first, you know, because uh, you kind of think he's uh it's like you think it's a negative right you think it's a knock you think he's not going to be able to defend himself but he's very capable in the cage um i think the timing is great um coming out of the N- or nfl draft combine this past week was a really feel good story about a kid named Shaquille griffin out of ucf who yep, went yep. undefeated um he lit up the combine he benched he he's also has the same uh not necessarily same but he has a genetic birth defect where he was born without a hand the dude with a prosthetic just to hold the bar still turned out 20 reps on the bench press. He put out a 4.3840, which I think is the fastest linebacker 40 time in something in the last 20, 25 years or so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a beast for, again, a, a football team that went undefeated and some people thought deserved to be in the college football playoff. You know, um, it's a feel-good story. And Newell, his record speaks for itself. Uh, I would love to see him get a shot. Um, that said, is he, he's a lightweight, right? Or is he a featherweight? He's a lightweight. Yeah, Gaethje beat him up. Lightweight. Like, I mean, he's in a shark tank of a division, but that said, lightweight's got bodies, you know, you've got like a Jim Miller type, you know, these gatekeepers and everything who are just going to be tough outs. Um, you know, Mark, Mark turned this on to him early and he's always been a feel good story. So I'd love to see him in the UFC. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Um, I think one, I, other, I, I, one I, other, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, man. No, it's okay, Mike, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, um, you know, Dana White's talking about he's not UFC level, but we well, he didn't just... say anything. Well, that's essentially what. Well, all right, he didn't say that, but the way he was talking about him, it did remind me of how um, he talked about women fighters before uh, before Ronda came on the scene on how he would never allow them into the UFC. Wait, and what did Dana White say actually? Because I might have missed you of actually saying he he that. he had a lot of very strong um, Dana White like language when it came to Nick Newell about how he would never be in the UFC because of his uh, deformity. And that was five years ago, though. Was that five years ago? Yeah. Why did I see news art, news articles on that just this past week? Though? People just reminiscing that Dana White's yeah. a jerk. That's all. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Dana, he he's saying he. I mean, five years ago, Dana White said he's never getting in the UFC. And now Nick, right now Nick Newell is saying, "I want to be in the UFC." That might be why Brock got brought up again. Ah, well, I guess considering maybe Dana White hasn't changed his mind, uh, if Phil Brooks, aka CM Punk, can fight in the UFC, I think a man with fourteen wins may deserve a shot. I mean, they even let what's his name fight in the UFC stuff. On you like to bring it up, uh, Anthony Mc- Antonio McKee. He had like twenty-five straight terrible, boring fights. They gave him a fight. <laughs> this guy's exciting too. <laughs> Um. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bellator. Um, because there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Roger Huerta apparently is gonna fight again, and he's gonna fight Ben Henderson in four weeks, which I really hope Roger Huerta has been training longer than that for this fight. If we haven't seen him in a while, um, I'm gonna go through this quickly because apparently these other uh, the rest of this podcast, the gentlemen have all come to the conclusion that Bellator was a joke a long time ago. But I'm just going to hammer it home for you guys. Scott Coker's answer as to why Krokop can ignore a USADA commi- uh, suspension is a really good example of why he, maybe he shouldn't talk. And also that we can't take them seriously as a promotion when the when basically Scott Coker went out there and said, you guys should compare us to Ryzen and not the UFC. So we will do that. Because if you are going to say, oh, so why was it okay for Krokop to fight in Ryzen and not for us? Uh, an American-based company. We're not idiots. You booked the fight in London with him and Roy Nelson. You knew this was going to be a thing. Bellator gets away with a lot of stuff. They let it slide. A man almost died in a fight. And then another man, another guy died. And they wouldn't release his health medical records, which was real great. Um, I know I get it. It's the place that all the old guys go to fight. But, yeah, I don't know. You have a real promotion, too. And Rory, and Rory McDonald's there, and he might be the best welterweight in the world. And Gegard Mousasi's there. He's one of the best middleweights in the world. Just saying. If I'm going to take everybody seriously, act, if you're going to be an American sports company, act a little bit like it. But if you want to act like a joke, it's fine. They can be the joke. Um, it's so just tough. Um, I mean, I think it's, 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 really, it's always been tough for them being the number two organization. 
And I think it's just only getting harder just because the MMA landscape is the fan base. It's, it's, it's stagnated. It's shrinking. You know, um, I don't, I don't think there's growth. And so the more it falls into that niche sport category, the more there isn't really room for a number two and they're not doing themselves any favors. It also doesn't help when there's a UFC card every week where, why would I watch Bellator when I got to watch these blockowitzes of the world fight? Um, Mike, I think we learned this week that nobody should talk to Roy Nelson, right? Because Matt Mitrione was complaining that Roy Nelson was cheating in the third round of their fight by grabbing his toes in the cage. And uh, I'm just going to read Roy Nelson's response to MMA Junkie. Mm-hmm. Matt's a guy that always that's always the pot, killing, pot calling the kettle black. I think he's still upset because he's cheating on his wife and stuff. That's all I heard. That's all I heard that whole week was him cheating on his wife. So I think he has a lot of guilt and he's got to take his rage out somewhere. But there's no cheating on my end. I think he's just upset because in his heart, he didn't really feel like he won. He wasn't the best fighter that night. Now, there are some questions that need to be answered there. When he says that he was hearing all week Matt Mitrione cheating on his wife, does he mean that they had like adjoining hotel rooms and he had like a cup up to the wall and like he was actively hearing the, you know, the lovemaking? It is a really weird turn of speech. Like, what does it mean to hear someone is cheating? Hear someone cheating? I mean, you know what? Roy's a walking. Bugged? I mean, Roy's a walk. Roy's a walking heavy bag. Uh, emphasize heavy. I'm fat too. I can make a fat joke. Um, and uh, he's been hitting the head, I don't know, 900 times in the last two years probably. So maybe not everything is right there. Um, you know, it was before these comments came out, but if you saw this last week of the MMA beat, I can't remember what context Roy Nelson comes up under. Ariel is a consummate professional. Oh, shit on him. about speaking to Roy, he's like, <laughs> I don't ever want to talk to Roy again. Like Luke Thomas was like, oh yeah, you had him on your show. And Ariel just had this look on his face. Like that was horrible. And I never want to meet this man again. Like Ariel is always a consummate professional. But in that moment when Roy Nelson came up, he had a general disdain. He's like, yeah, I I just don't want to deal with this guy as a person anymore. I think we talked about it. Like at one point where we, it was, must've been when Marcus, when we were talking about the Mitrione Roy Nelson fight, where we're just like, is Roy Nelson's act doing anything for you anymore? And all of us were like, no, he's a walking overhand right. That doesn't do anything. I mean, look, you probably, I mean, first off, I think Matt Mitrione's divorced. Just putting that out there. But anyway, come on, man. Um, Marcus, does Roy Nelson provide any entertainment for you on any level, both verbally in the cage as a successful fighter or in the cage as a walking punching bag? Does he do anything for you anymore? (laughs) Uh, I mean, not really, because I don't follow him enough to, you know, especially now that he's in Bellator and kind of out of the limelight. I haven't really seen a lot of his interviews or really gotten behind him. And mostly what, you know, I'm interested in seeing from Roy is, you know, how he competes, you know, inside the cage. And I didn't see his fight with Mitrion. And from the clips I saw, it was seemed like Mitrion was just a better stand-up striker. And he got he got some rounds in by wrestling. Um, but really, it just... I, I didn't really see this exchange. I just saw Roy's part. I, I I guess from my perspective, I don't know why he's talking about his, you know, this other dude's, you know, affair or whatever it may or may not be. 
Um, I was just kind of confused. Like, is Mitchell like complaining about winning? Like, what is he fucking trying? He was like, saying Roy cheat. I, he, I don't, when Mitchell was complaining, I'm like, dude, you what? It's chill. Shut up. And and I did. I mean, I didn't see the fight, so I don't know exactly what he's talking about. So maybe it was egregious. But when the complaint was, he's grabbing my toes. I just kind of had a chuckle. Like, I didn't know that was against the rules. No, he was gra- he was grabbing the cage with his toes. Oh, okay. I thought you I thought you said he was grabbing his toes. No, that is hilarious. Small joint manipulation on the little piggy that went to the store. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, for me, it's really like Roy was a really interesting enigma back when he carried, you know, the solid overhand right that was flooring guys. But we haven't really seen that come to fruition in a lot of his last couple of fights. So, and uh, I mean, to, to the greater point, I guess when we were kind of talking about the Crow Cop thing, and I'm a little bit more interested in that, I guess, than this little spiff he's had with Mitch Rohn and him talking about cheating on his wife is like, okay, whatever. I don't, whatever Matt wants to do in his personal life is kind of his business. And if he wants to, you know, cheat on his wife, that's his, you know, disgusting thing to do with his own personal life. I'm not trying to get into that, but when it comes, I mean, I think the Krokop thing's interesting because I mean, Bob, do you know what the ramifications are? If they, I mean, they, they hold this fight in London, right? So it's outside of the U S I don't know. You th- I mean, if, what is their, I mean, they're not, they have a halfway, I mean, there's no commission. Right. So, I mean, does that mean when they come to the States and they want to have a sanctioned fight under the commission, the commission is going to be like, no, you you let well, this unsanctioned Well, this is the thing, fight. man. I mean, this is the thing. This is how it works. And it's the way this all works is kind of like all commissions listen to other bodies kind of based on their own policy. That's like everybody's kind of agreed to follow each other's things. And USADA, while a private organization that the UFC has contracted with, which as much as it's gone bad and sometimes and the UFC has pulled some interesting shit with Brock, commendable in that they even signed up for anything like this compared to what we got going on over here. But USADA, the, the athletic commissions consider like the USADA suspension. It, will, it goes in your file under the Association of uh, Boxing Commissions, which they're all part of. So they choose they they choose to honor your pre suspensions. That being said, Vitor Belfort pissed hot at affliction, went and fought in Japan, came back, and nobody said a fucking word. So he might get out of it. This is the I mean, I guess for me, like it's interesting. I think it's an interesting story, and I just don't know what the ramifications are. And basically, he seems, said, "I'm sorry I mean, for cutting you off." It Go seems ahead. like on paper there are none. Really? I mean, if this was a thing where the, the, the sanctioning body is going to be like, if you let this guy fight in your organization, um, we're not going to sanction your fights anymore. And you'll have to fight on Indian reservation. And, and that's a threat, right? And that's kind of something they can be like, okay, we're not going to do that. But if there's no threat from the commission to be like, you're not going to be I mean, fine. They, he, I mean, why is the commission even going to talk about Bellator right now? There's no, there's nothing to even talk about. And well, this is the thing, like he's playing, he's acting. About, the, the, the thing to talk, the thing to talk about is what we're talking about, right? They're letting someone that they have banned from competing compete. So what do they do with that? I mean, if it's a real commission, yeah. they'll if it's an actual good commission, they should bring up, you are running a fight with an unlicensed fighter who should be suspended. Right. If anybody brings that up, we'll see. We saw the California State State Athletic Commission rent out a double tree conference room, and an old man said, "I forgot my hearing aid," and then told John Jones he should listen to Stephen A. Smith. So maybe they get away with. It. I mean, they probably get away with it. Nothing ever gets fucking done. Well, this is, I mean, you know, that, that's kind of my thing. Like, if they get away with it, then why not just keep going down this route? Right. I mean, that, that's fine. Big- if he if if he wants to be if they want to be a legitimate number two promotion in this in this country. They need to have licensed fighters fighting who can fight in this country. 
If they want to just be us to compare them to Ryzen, that's no problem, man. You can fight all the... They're fighting... Bendo's going to fight in Budapest. Throw Josh Barnett on there. I'm sure the UFC will release him. He's suspended for like four years. I mean, I mean you can do that shit. That's what I'm saying is like, if if there's no ramifications for them breaking the rules... Then I mean, they announced the fight last week. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's what I'm most interested in is like, if they go through with this, if the commission doesn't say anything like, where does it stop? You know, why not say like, hey... Hey, John, you want to get a fight in, you know, want to keep, you know, keep the blades sharp, you know, and not get rusty sitting on your butt for however many years he potentially could be out with this. Like, we'll give you $500,000 to show up and beat up some schlub because it'll give it'll give them great ratings. Everyone will. I, I'm tuning to I see mean, it. In, in this scenario, John Jones has sued his way out of his UFC contract, right? But oh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess that's the other thing, right? I guess Josh mm. is under the same. The same kind I mean, of they, uh, they let Mirko out. They released Mirko. Mirko yeah. said, "I'm so done." I'm just, I'm, just um, I'm I'm legitimately interested to see how this will play out because if there is no ramifications and Bellator's just going to be like, "Yeah, we'll just take your suspended fighters and have them fight," you know, outside the United States. And even though you know, there's you know, I, I'm I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I didn't was this yeah, just interesting. I didn't really hear much. They announced about that it. they announced Bellator 200 is going to be in the middle of uh, the in London. That was the one we're complaining about, how somehow they managed to book Michael Venom Page right. versus Dave Reckles. They just announced it a week ago. We'll see what happens, but quite frankly, I just I don't appreciate him acting like like he was just like, what do you mean? We didn't think it was going to be a thing. Why is anybody negative? Like, motherfucker, you knew what you did. And if you want to be, it's fine. If they want to be compared to, like, Ryzen, we can compare them to Ryzen. That's how we'll treat them. That's the same promotion that we're going to have Gabby Garcia fight a 100-year-old lady Probably in a few months. That's fine. I mean, if we're being That's fair, a- we're not that far from that now. I mean, we talked about it before the show. Like, most of the time we're talking about Bellator. It's not shining, you know. It's mostly like they have some good fighters they're not utilizing well. They have a bunch of old guys that they're marketing way too much. Um, it hasn't seemed like they've really been interested in being seen as, like, the legitimate kind of contender in the fight game. It seems like they're kind of just like, let's just grab eyes. And Prokop grabs eyes, and maybe all this extra publicity will just get people... At least, at least people might know there's a Bellator 200. And it's supposed to. I be don't buy it. A thing. I mean, I don't know. They lost. They had nobody watch Quentin and Chael, and no one can convince me people know more about more people know Krokop than Quentin or Chael. Like sure. nobody watched that shit. Um, what else were, did I say we we're going to talk about on this show? <laughs> I've lost track of our general topics here. We got memoirs. We got memoirs. Fuck it. Let's let's just. You know what? Everybody go nuts whatever they want to talk about and uh, stuff we like. Um, memoirs of a fight fan. Um, what was the exact? T- I came up with this topic. It was uh, basically in honor of uh, the hate fest that occurred for Andre Sukumtot last week. Um, we were trying to remember other moments in MMA history that stood out where you saw someone fight in that cage and you just kind of asked yourself, the fuck are they doing? And uh, yeah, so I think the topic oh. this week was what were some of the worst game plans in MMA history. I mean, let's talk about Andre Sukumtoth's quote, which made me a little sad because we were definitely mean. And he says, I'm getting trolled right now by so many people. They're calling me the dumbest fighter in MMA, the dumbest fighter in UFC history. Even my friend Rashad Evans. Everyone is wondering why I decided to wrestle. And I'm wondering the same thing. That honestly made me sad for this guy. But uh, let's put it aside here. Let's talk about some bad fucking fight strategies. Um... Mike, you wanted to kick one off, one that provided us with some of the one of the greatest gifts slash short sound bites in MMA history. 
Go ahead, buddy. Yes, I appreciate for for you letting me uh, lead off this uh, category. Uh, as you talked about a little earlier, we kind of half did this in our uh, text thread a couple of days ago. But one that really stood out to me was uh, from the fifth season of Tough. The best uh, season of Tough, worth mentioning. Yes, yes. And the best mm-hmm. season of Tough. Definitely not the heavyweight season. But uh, on Team Penn was a... Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert named Andy Wang that everyone knew he was very slick on the ground. That's where he had the best chance of winning. But for some godforsaken reason, he thought he was a quote-unquote samurai. And I think, what was it? Samurai spirit? I I think it was. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) With this samurai spirit, any fight he got into... Uh, he did anything but Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which was his forte. He decided to want to slug it out with people that he had no business trying to slug it out with. And some of the best moments of that season was seeing him just piss away his chances and have BJ Penn just losing his goddamn mind in his corner, telling him to take it to the ground. And then after he loses the fight, he starts crying. And then it cuts to a confessional scene with BJ Penn. And he's just there like, where, where, where? Yeah. You guys owe it to yourselves to find this little clip of BJ mocking this guy's tears where his dream has just been crushed. Uh, Stand and wang, guys. Goddamn warrior. Uh, Jesus, that was a bad one. Um, I got another example of a guy who um, doesn't doesn't know what he's good at. And it's been a criticism of him his whole career. And that is uh, George Gurgel. George Gurgel um, was Rich Franklin's longtime jujitsu coach. Good, very good grappler, quite frankly. Excellent grappler. But uh, when George Gurgel wants to fight, man, let's just throw fucking down. And against KJ Noons, goddamn pro boxer, throw down. No problem. That was one that stuck out to me. Um, Stefan, I know you had a couple good ones. Why don't you go get one right now? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many that stick out in my head. Um, it's, it's tough to differentiate things that are game plans. So I'm going to give a couple homage. Like, I think one that's uh, famous is, um, you can't call it a bad game plan as so much as it didn't seem like there was one. And that would be the very famous, uh, Caleb Starnes versus Nate Quarry, AKA the running man fight. Um, Caleb Starnes didn't fight. That was a man who was hell bent on not initiating, uh, I don't even know how to describe that one thing Nate Quarry did where you put your hand over one face and you tuck your arm through the other. Uh, he kind of did a sprinkler, more or less. A like a backhand. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I came out of way walking away. That, uh, and that was, that was Nate Quarry's a funny guy. Um, another one stands out. Um, it's kind of, it was just his comeuppance coming to him. And it kind of came to me recently was um, Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman won. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a man who was clowning too much. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. Oh, wait, I'm actually hit now. Like, it's like, in fairness, that's with a jab and he started acting all woozy and dancing. And everyone was like, did that connect? I don't think that connected. Is he just dancing? Oh, it connected. And then next thing he was out and like for someone on such a magnificent run to be embarrassed so badly, like it's one of those things, you know, he got away with it so long. So you kind of accepted it. But boy, was it just dumb when it actually finally uh, chickens came home to roost, so to speak. Marcus, you got any uh, dumbass fighter strategies? Yeah, I, I had two. I had to kind of look one up. 
because I was having a hard time thinking of just like dumb strategies per se. But uh, one that uh, we always laugh at because it's kind of funny. And we wouldn't know this was the strategy unless Joe Rogan told us that he saw him in the cage earlier. Oh, God. Trying this. <laughs> but uh, this Japanese fighter was Koji Oishi um, fighting uh, Nick Diaz. Uh, it was a quick fight. It lasted under a minute 30 at 124. Um, but the strategy going in was, according to Joe Rogan, was that um, Koji was going to punch Nick Diaz's punches as a defense mechanism. Uh, I, I attune it to something maybe like Dragon Ball Z, where you're <laughs> flying everywhere and you know you're just defending and blocking. Um, oh God, it was so bad. I, what I liked about that is uh, we all saw that fight. It was hilarious. Nick just tunes this guy up. You think like this guy's a joke and will come to nothing and will probably never win any major fights in his career um about a month and 15 minutes uh i'm sorry about a month and like 15 days after he fights nate diaz in pancreas and beats him who would have thunk right what there we go dude also beat chris lytle like he he's a guy that's been around in uh, pancreas for a long time and actually has a number of you know decent names under his belt but that strategy in of itself that's was foolishness and uh you know always gets a, a crack out of us and another fight strategy that I wouldn't have remembered if we didn't just watch that Pride event and they talked about it was uh, Nakamura fighting um, Vanderlei Silva. Um, Nakamura being a protege of Yoshida. Never in his MMA career ever wore a gi before, but for some reason when he fought Vanderlei was like, I'm going to wear a short sleeve gi, which kind of defeats a lot of the purposes with the gi. You can do a lot of stuff with the sleeves. There's chokes you can do in judo utilizing the sleeves for chokes with a short sleeve gi the only really advantage that you're kind of getting is you're hoping that the other opponent will grab onto the gi more than trying to get tie clinches and stuff um but basically what happened this fight is i don't know halfway through the first round he's like fuck this gi this isn't working out he throws the gi away and gets knocked out immediately after so maybe a better strategy for picking a time and place to take the gi off in between rounds would have been a lot more sense. Uh, kind of a bad strategy to bring in a short sleeve gi, not know how to utilize it well during the fight, throw it away and get knocked out basically the instant he throws it out. So yeah, a couple of uh, iffy uh, strategies going into those two fights. Stefan, you also brought up um, Alistair Overeem. This is where you want to punch me. Which uh, Yeah, I mean, that, that one's more, that's a big comeuppance moment. He was kind of laying into Bigfoot and then he just got real cocksure about it. Hands to face. I'm going to leave my chin out here. Come and hit me. And then we've all seen it happen. Alistair Overeem susceptible to get hit. Um, there is, if you want to come back to me, though, I do want to give a lifetime achievement of bad game plan awards to um, Edmund Tarverdian. And uh, head movement. Any, 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 any fighter. I think at the end of the day, we all realize Ronda kind of won a lot of her fights without anything. That man, that man could never had to enter her life. And she would have had the same string of success till the point she ultimately faltered. Because that man was just a cesspool of losing. Is uh, <laughs> juggernaut? He showed up there. Wait, wait, wait! Cesspool oh, that was of losing. Beautiful. That was that was a good one. Sorry. Go ahead. That was, that was, I mean, that's just off the cuff. I mean, that's just what the man makes me feel in my heart of hearts. Um, you know, Mister Rousey, his career took a tailspin as well. Like Tarverdian, don't know how to coach nothing. <laughs> no, no tactics come out of there. You know, you tell a man, you tell a fighter they're winning when they're clearly losing. And when they're clearly losing, you don't tell them what they have to do different. Um, we see that in a lot of coaches. But, man, Tarverdian is the one coach who got kicked by a fighter post-match. And we kind of thought, 
yeah, he probably did something to deserve that. Somehow Fabricio Verdum, another career asshole, he wasn't the right in that scenario <laughs> when he just kicked Tarverdian in the chest. Anyway, hey, uh, that's, like, that's my I like, I like Burger. Did he win any fights under Tarverian? I don't probably not. He you know what? If it, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Edmund, we wouldn't have Shayna Baszler doing just really well right now in her professional wrestling career. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him credit for that. Where she had to leave the sport. He coached her so poorly. Um Another one to stick out is you said career asshole for Brisco Verdum. Verdum's strategy, Steph, in that second fight with Overeem, not great. <laughs> Please come to the ground. Let me tip over. Please come to the ground. Let me tip over again. Please come to the ground. Not he, great. The thing is, he's very capable of knocking out Alistair Overeem. He was beating his ass on his feet. Career. He was very capable of knocking him <laughs> out. Oh, wait, that actually just reminds me. I Sorry, I got to bring it up just because I loved it. Was the uh, mixed MMA kickboxing fight between Shinya Aoki and Mark Help Me Out. <laughs> yeah, I do not know that guy's name. I mean, his uh, big shtick was he'd always come out cosplaying. I think it started, yeah, it was, like, it started it was like Tetsu. was a kickboxer and Shinya Aoki the grappler. They were round to round. It was going to switch MMA and kickboxing rules. It started out with kickboxing rules. And the whole kickboxing round, Shinyaoki made it a joke. He kept throwing drop kicks, so he would fall to the ground. He would butt scoot. He would basically, these had to be like all kinds of point violation in the kickboxing. He was basically dicking around just to kill the clock. And then when the MMA round hit, I forget what it was. Was it a knee? He ate some type of strike and got knocked the F out in the MMA round. Another yeah. just come up. And I, I would say, though, that... I thought his strategy in the kickboxing fight was genius. Like, that's a great way to stall time is just keep flopping around like a fish until it's – it's just I, – I don't know. I think that was smart. I feel like he got his comeuppance. I don't know if I would – because I thought that was when, – when he started doing that, I was like, oh, that's smart. Like, it's cheap and it's despicable and he totally got his just desserts, which made that fight so bad. But I wouldn't mark his strategy on fucking around the kickboxing portion where he knew he was going to get his ass handed to him, right? He just, he kind of negated that, but he ultimately got his just desserts, which I, which I, mean, I think it was such really a weird fight the way it was set up. But it would was. that not be like in boxing, you can get points taken away from like stalling, oh, yeah. delaying. I got to believe if that was a pure kickboxing match and fighting like that, you'd be penalized. And it was no weird too because. They did the kickboxing portion, but he wasn't wearing kickboxing gloves. They were wearing MMA gloves. So it was just like, this. the whole thing was weird. It ended weird. It was so perfect and awesome and how awful it turned out. Perfect. Um, anybody got any, anything else they want to throw out there? Leonard Garcia. Ooh. That's as good as Leonard Garcia fights, man. Uh, what do you want? What was it? What was a better strategy for that dude? Nah, I just don't like him. That's not nice. Does he own the Chipotle yet? That was the dream, him and Donald. Man, they really uh, went on two different trajectories for being such BFFs of uh, Jackson Winklejohn back in the day. Well, Garcia yeah. might be, you know, he's learning the ropes. Maybe he got a job at a Chipotle, and he's going to learn how the whole thing works. And then I'm just saying, I hope he, if he bankrolled that. If he, if he ever got a Chipotle, I hope he weathered the bad tomato whatever or the bad vegetable stretch they had no oh, that, they that happens all the time every few months there's like oh yeah this the chicken's not the the usual chicken we have but it's still like farm fresh or something yeah shit. i mean they right. had a salmonella outbreak last year there's still five of them on every block they're doing all right yeah fair enough um i'm gonna do stuff we like but and uh, i guess i'll go first here because i want to babble about pro wrestling for a minute and then we'll do stuff we like um 
Ronda Rousey's got a WrestleMania opponent. That shit's official. It's what we all thought it was going to be. It's Ronda Rousey and uh, 1996 Olympic gold medalist and your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, taking on a 40-year-old mother of three and Triple H, who's been world champion, let's say, like 15 times. Um, So that's happening. Uh, We'll probably watch it. No, Mike will. Um, I just want to give a preemptive stuff I like because they're going to have... um, at WrestleMania, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And I my hype level for that, as far as pro wrestling goes, it's about a 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. Um, you can watch their first match on YouTube, which was like five years ago in Japan. Shinsuke and AJ are two of the best ever to do this. It'll be great. And then um, they also booked Charlotte Flair versus um, Japanese wrestler named Asuka which should be a really good matchup as well. So it's an opportunity for them to really let me down, and they didn't, and they booked some decent fight, a decent matchup. So I'm hopeful they don't eat shit. Um, anyway, stuff we like. I watched all of Jessica Jones. Give it a B. I'm wait, I, the guys haven't really watched it, so I really can't get too in-depth, but first season was my favorite season of any Marvel show so far. This one, like with all of them, around episode seven or eight, I was just like, oh, fuck, what is this? This is not great. And then it got better at the end. So Yeah, I heard it it ends strong, right, Bob? That's kind it of really does. It ends it ends very strong, um, in my opinion. Um gives you some hope for the if there is a third season. Fuck, there's gonna be a third season. There's gonna be a second season of Iron Fist. This wasn't bad at all. Again, give it a B. So start strong, gets eh, ends strong. Like Iron how I felt about Fist po- season two confirmed. That's a thing. Because I really uh, I really think that uh, what it should have happened with them is there should be no Luke Cage season two. There should be no Iron Fist season two. They just become Luke Cage and Iron Fist. That just needs to be one show is the two of them. Here we go. Iron Fist season two first look set photos reveal Alice Eve's character. Apparently Alice Where Eve is, is Scott Buck in all of this. That's the thing. Scott Buck has already ruined Dexter. Made Iron Fist terrible. Let's just not. And what he he, meant, he fucked up that Marvel show also. What was it called? Oh yeah, he also humans. Yeah, yeah, man. Fuck. He's the has the opposite of the Midas touch. He's failing upwards. That's what he's doing. Um, yeah, Is he I really watched still all filming that. the next season of uh, Iron Fist. That's I don't know. I, I I'm kind of worried about looking that up. I think I'm gonna get too. Sad. I mean, I, I I'm just finding out this from you right now, Bob. That's why I'm a little uh, shocked. I think he might have done the Defenders also, to be honest, which will explain a lot. Let me confirm that before I bury him along with, in case somebody else did. Created by, based on, what the, can I get a fucking, who wrote this shit, man? Oh, whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was my stuff I like, and I kind of liked it. So. I also watched, I bought Thor 3 and watched that again. Still funny. Um, Mike, let's go to you. Sure. Uh, so last week I told you guys that I was going to try out the, uh, movie pass card that I had just gotten. Uh, I did not try it out during the week, but I did try it on Saturday when I was done studying later on in the night. And I went to King's Papaya on 86th and and third to get a, uh, to get a hot dog. And I figured, well, you know, the Lowell's Orpheum is right here. Let me just open up this app to see if it actually works. Because even though I had paid money for it and I'd heard stories, it was legit. 
I mean, it had seemed too good to be true, truly. Word. $8 a month or $9 a month, and you can watch a movie a day? Come on. Someone's pulling my chain here. So I loaded up my uh, movie pass for a $10, uh, for a 10.30 showing of Black Panther. I walked over to the movie theater. The app had told me, your card is loaded up. Just buy your ticket as you normally would with the movie movie pass debit card. I went to the kiosk, did the exact same things you normally would do when you buy a ticket from the kiosk, and it worked perfectly. All right, yeah. so we only get movie pass. <laughs> you uh, you even get um, uh, rewards points if you have a Lowe's card, if you have a Lowe's membership. Uh, so worked perfectly. Um. The ticket said it was fifteen fifty nine, but I didn't pay shit because it was just loaded up to the card. I fell asleep halfway through Black Panther because, frankly, it was ten thirty at night. I had just studied for ten hours and I was tired, but I didn't care. You know why? Because I didn't pay for the ticket. Stefan Scott Buck is not Scott Buck was removed as showrunner of Iron Fist. Well, that's promising. We can only go up. So you you were saying you need to see Black Panther again, Mike? I'll probably see it again. You know why? Because I have Movie Pass. Keep adding to that billion, baby. All right, um, Marcus. Uh, yeah. To be honest, last couple of weeks haven't had real strong front runners for stuff I like. Um, there's a little bit of a lull on the on the the gaming front. Although I'll, I'll give a shout out to to a PC game that you know I, I don't have the chance to play, but I played the first game. It's called a uh, Warhammer Vermintide Two. This is kind of in the vein of uh, Left 4 Dead, but it's set in the Warhammer fantasy realm. Um, I played the first game; it was actually really cool. Um, basically, has to do with the um, Skyvern, which is like this rat race that lives underground. Basically, it takes over and they start attacking and killing everyone. And you uh, have different uh, characters that you play as. They have different weapons. There's a whole loot system, but it's basically a four-player co-op uh, PVE. And um, I was always a big fan of Left 4 Dead. I always really enjoyed those games. And there seems to be somewhat of a lack of that type of game um, on the market. So um, I was really interested in Vermintide 1. It, it eventually came out to PS4 and Xbox One. I got it. I played a bit of it. I really enjoyed it. Um, just kind of lost legs. And everything I hear about the sequel is just that it's much improved visually. It's a lot more striking than the first game, which kind of was a lot of, you know, grays, browns, and blacks. And just it didn't have that kind of color spectrum that really kind of popped. And uh, this one seems to fix that. They've enhanced a lot of the loot systems and stuff like that. So it seems like a really cool game. If you have a PC and you kind of like that uh, PVE stuff, uh, check out Vermintide 2. Um, the two things I will kind of recommend that are kind of new this past week, not actually one of them, one of them isn't new. Uh, me and Steph went to this place with uh, Lumpia. I just went there with my dog, Xena. Um, there's a dog park in, I think it's in Richmond, right? Uh, Steph, Point Isabel. Um, I went there with Christine and our uh, pup, Xena. Uh, and uh, it's just a really fun dog park. It's a, a huge, wide open space. Um, for me and Christine, it was a great learning process to take uh, Xena off leash and kind of have her come back to us. Usually we're in, we go to dog parks every weekend, but the dog parks are pretty small. So, you know, and they're caged in, whereas um, Point Isabel is really big. There's a lot of place for your dog to run around. So that was, you know, and it also has a fantastic view of the Bay in San Francisco. Um, of course, we went on Sunday morning. It was super foggy. You couldn't see shit, um, but it was actually just, it was a really nice kind of cool, brisk even, uh, morning to 
go and have a, a, a walk with the pups. So yeah, if you're in like the Richmond area, you're visiting San Francisco with your dog, uh, Point Isabel's is a really cool place to, uh, you know, take them to get some of the energy out and stuff like that. I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel that I don't think skews to our audience that much. I think it skews a lot more female. Um, but I've been watching um, Grace Helbig, Mamrie Hart, and Hannah Hart with Christine for years. And even though they, I think they kind of target a bit more of a female audience, uh, they're generally funny and entertaining videos. And Grace Helbig and Mamrie Hart started a new channel called This Might Get. There's a new video every weekday. It's kind of a variety show where they kind of pick a theme each uh, episode. And this might get weird or bulk or something. I don't know. And they kind of have a little shtick. And uh, it's just a fun variety show. I mean, if you're kind of on YouTube looking for, you know, an eight short minute, eight minute video, um, check out This Might Get Made. I mean, it is females doing the show. I think it, it does skew a little bit female. But I think generally it is a fun, entertaining show. Um, I think they're just fun hosts and uh yeah i mean i, I watch uh grace and hannah hart's videos for years i've always found them entertaining you know and i think if you have a significant other that you're trying to find something to watch on youtube that's some really good stuff there i mean i think i mean grace and hannah hart and mamie hart they're like huge youtube icons so i'm sure a lot of people are already familiar with grace on the react channel a lot whenever they do like youtube celeb editions and everything yeah. so i always see her like crossover to other people's channels yeah i mean I, I think for a lot of us there's a lot of quote unquote like youtube celebrities that i've never heard of and i think grace and you know hannah and mamory kind of fall into that like if you're not on the who's who like on like people that are really big on youtube you may never heard of them but a long time and this new series is cool i mean it's something that me and christine watch every day it's their short little videos they're fun entertaining um yeah so if you're kind of just on youtube just kind of like as i often find myself just looking for something um this might get is you know not a bad Mar up. marcus i have suggested cooking channels i suggested a show starring lily tomlin and jane fonda's old asses i think a show with like three pretty popular youtube celebrities is perfectly fine given what we pitched before sure, sure. so yeah people should get on it give it a shot check it out i watch youtube for fucking half my entertainment man so, yeah i mean i yeah. don't there's a lot of good shit on there anymore. yeah yeah i watch bob's burgers reruns and youtube that's what i'm watching stefan going mark to you last likes, yeah sure mark likes youtube and hopes you do too Mm, um, see, I like that about their show too. So. <laughs> I got a couple. I got a, a few little things. Uh, one of them being YouTube as well. Um, I only recently became aware that they did this, uh, but I was just watching a lot of clips and discussions about that movie, Annihilation. I mentioned. I did not realize that uh, Natalie synced back up with the Lonely Island to do a Portman rap too. That uh, was good. <laughs> if you remember her Portman rap from a few years ago, where she just gets insanely thug and vulgar. Um, she kind of does it again, and it's funny. It was uh, really enjoyable. Um, the stuff about the prequels had me cracking up pretty good. Um, if you haven't seen the Portman Rat Part 2, I recommend checking that out. A nice little three-minute listen. Um, I did start watching a show on Netflix as Bobby Guest. It's uh, it's called Ugly Delicious, starring um, uh, Korean-American chef David Chang. And I kept getting him confused with another Korean-American chef, David Cho, and the two of them look incredibly similar. So one of them's uh, crazy. And uh, also, David Cho guests in some of the episodes. The first episode uh, also has Aziz Ansari on it, 
So, um, dude's got cool some cool celebrity friends. The first episode is all about pizza and just like what makes a good pizza authenticity. David Chang gives an impassioned argument for why he likes Domino's and fuck you if you don't. Um, I really loved it, but I highly recommend order yourself a pizza as you watch this show because damn, do you want to get you get hungry uh, watching it? But you know, there's so many food comma travel shows out there. I, I, I'm not savvy enough to distinguish one from another. I think it really just comes down to do you like the personalities that are talking about it? Um, and I really dug this. Uh, it's a Netflix series. I know the second episode is on ta- about tacos. So, um, you know, America's favorite food right there. Um, I recommend checking it out. Um, and then the other thing I think everyone can comment on is um, so Nintendo Direct happened this past week. Um, I was excited because there were all these murmurs about the next Fire Emblem game getting announced uh, and for the Switch it would be, but that didn't happen. But we did get a big announcement all the same, and that appears we're getting a Fire... Or not Fire, I guess I'll say it again. Uh, we're getting a Smash Brothers game for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I have no idea if it's Smash 5, if it's going to be an updated version of 4, which came out for the Wii U. I didn't own a Wii U. There were a lot of games I wanted to play on the Wii U, so I'm totally cool with them porting it. I think it was like a two-year span that Bobby and I would check like sales websites, like you know whatever the best deals are with the Blackfield Five, and the Wii U just never went on sale. And what was our price? It had to be two hundred bucks. I, I, I learned get- it's because the um the cost of development for the Wii U was so astronomically high to make their little like a uh, tablet controller that they just feasibly could not go under like 280 without like hemorrhaging money on those systems. So they never went on sale. So, you know, when Mario Kart came over, I was happy I didn't get to play it. So whether it is a brand new or whether it's just a super updated one with new a handful of new characters, I love those Smash Brothers games. They are so fun. They're such a simple thing. Uh, um, YouTube channel, I think he coined the perfect phrase. He called uh, Maximilian Dude of YouTube. He called the Smash Brothers games. He called them the Disneyland of fighting games. And that's really what they are. There's this accessible to all ages, full of mascots and characters you know and love. Um, I think that would be really great. And they announced it for 2018, no solid date, but within this year, that's soon enough. Um, can't wait for a Smash Brothers game. Yeah, um, I just wanted, I, I should have said about the direct. I totally forgot about it, even though you mentioned it like before the show. Um, but what's really interesting about that direct, I mean, obviously, Smash in 2018 is really big because. You know, we all have switches, right? Yeah, Mike got one and Bobby has one. And they had a fantastic year last year. Last year was just a great game, a great year for video games in general. And a lot of the questions has been, how does Nintendo follow up 2017 where they had a Mario and a Zelda game? Um, they have a lot of beloved franchises, but Mario and Zelda are kind of one and two on that hit list. And I think Smash is right there at three. So to have a new game, which I think this is going to be, and I agree with Steph, you know, none of us got to play the... Um, we uh smash brothers for wii u and it was always one that i really wanted to play because the roster i felt was the strongest the series has ever had um especially with cloud and ryu little mac those were characters i was like i really want to play a game with those characters or beloved uh franchises that i thought were really cool they finally got into smash so i don't think cloud and uh and ryu is really realistic but hopefully little mac comes in and hopefully they have some other guest characters because that has really been one of the staples of Smash that has gotten me really excited. I remember for Wii, they had Solid Snake, and that was a really fun character to play as in Smash. Um, so hopefully we get some cool stuff. But uh, I did want to mention a couple of the things on the Direct that were really interesting and cool. 
Um, one is this uh, RPG coming from Square Enix called Octopath Traveler. This is a really cool throwback to the old JRPGs that they used to do, like the old Final Fantasies on Super Nintendo uh, turn-based uh, you know, battle system that I think a lot of, pe- a lot of people are excited for. And the art style is, a, they went basically, it looks like a 16-bit game, but the fidelity and the things that they're doing on the back end to make, you know, lighting effects look cool and shattering and to make water kind of sparkle and stuff. Just these little kind of effects to make it look really cool. And um, there's a demo out on Switch, so you can actually try it right now and get your toe wet and see if it's something that interests you. Um, they also talked about the um, Mario Tennis game, which actually looks really good, which is also surprising because they just released a uh, Mario Tennis game on Wii U like two years ago, and it did not do well. A lot of people were not excited or interested in that game because it lacked a lot of the features, and it seems like they kind of learned their lesson from that. And I think this one's called Mario Aces Tennis or something like that. Um, It looks really cool. Um, Yeah, so I was just, you know, Steph, I'm sure you watched Maximilian Dude's reaction and stuff, but I really liked the trailer that they did for the Smash Brothers because it was basically kind of looked like they might be doing more stuff with Splatoon. And then there was kind of a tone in this trailer that Smash usually doesn't really go for, which is kind of like this hardcore fuck you because it basically there, it looked like there was just two Splatoon characters fighting and then it gets dark and you see the fucking fire of the Smash Brothers logo in this Splatoon person's eyes and their eye starts twitching like they're in fear and you see fucking Mario looking ominous as fuck and Link looking ominous as fuck in the shadows. It Breath was kind of, of a wild Link too. Yeah, yeah, Breath of the Wild, yeah, which also, I, you know, they haven't really said if it's going to be a port or a new game. It's probably going to be a new game because, one, they've never ported any... I mean, Nintendo doesn't really port a ton of games, but they never ported a Smash game before. Were the, Splat- were the Splatoon characters in the Smash Brothers no, game? No, and they weren't in the last well, one. Well, there either. we go. So, yeah. so I mean, people were kind of saying, like, oh, well, it might be the Wii U version. They've added some new characters and stuff, but with a new Link and a new character, and I think if this was a port and Nintendo doesn't kind of come out of the gate and say, like, yeah, this is the Wii U Deluxe Edition like they did with Mario Kart... They're going to get a lot of backlash when that does come out because I think a lot of people, because they weren't upfront about that, would be disappointed if this wasn't a brand new game. I think it will be, which for me personally is a little disheartening, right? Because I, the Wii U one was really cool and I really wanted to get some time in on that. Um, but I, I can't, you know, hate on them making a brand new game. I just hope they have as cool of characters as Cloud and Ryu because those ones, are like, I was like, oh man. I mean, I have the fucking amiibos for those guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was cool. Um, it was just, a cool just direct. In case, we are talking about Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, yeah, right? Final Fantasy VII. And they had a stage in there where you can actually summon like monsters from Final Fantasy VII. It was badass as fuck. And that's the thing that disheartens me the most is like they're not going to be able to get Cloud again. If they do, oh, I'd be so fucking. That's all I want. I just want to play as Cloud. He yeah, was... while I didn't have the uh, Wii U, I, they did release a Smash Brothers on the 3DS. And we and, did play. We pl- I played a little so bit. I bought Ryu and Cloud, and they were five dollars each. Five dollars individual DLC is a lot for a 3DS comic Game Boy game, in my opinion. By the way, but yeah, those characters are so iconic. Had to have them. Had to have the music in the game. Um, it was tough playing with Ryu in the format, though, for me because oh, yeah, you're no seeing fireballs. how to do his moves yeah. from the fighting games. It felt a bit unnatural, but. Yeah, I, I want to see those characters. I think everyone is in type. Like, since then, like, that's the number one thing I see is, like, top ten wish list of, like, guest cameos that people are hoping will pop up in the game. Um, it should be fun either way. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Nintendo gets their online shit together so, like, I can actually, like, play games with you guys 
You know? Well, we can. We can play games right now. It's free. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, guess, yeah. uh, it's, I guess there's not a lot of really worthwhile multiplayer games for all of us out yet, is what I'm saying. Like a Smash Brothers, a Mario Tennis. I think those are games. I mean, Mario Kart is there. You know. Yeah, Mario Kart. I guess that's that is probably the. Stefan, you got to get everybody. You got to get everybody's friend code. Let's just get. I got to figure out my own friend code first. <laughs> that's that's get, more their problem. Like, yeah, it didn't help when you gave it to us wrong. That was I was just sat there. I'm like, hey, I and it's like twenty. The text that was in front of me. Uh, you apparently didn't. That. These are the <laughs> yeah. hurdles. He has to give us the friend code. When we all play, we'll have to figure out some fucking way to chat to each other, or we might as well just be playing bots. You know, I guess I guess have a bot called Bobby, Mike, and Stefan. Yeah, I'm just I saying. You can Nathan, always just have the Google chat open. I was gonna say the thing we're doing right now. Could that, that's, it's just it's just another hurdle. Like on PlayStation and Xbox, you don't have to go to fucking Google or Discord or any of that. So shit the, wait, there's no there's no group chat in this they thing. They don't there's have no a audio? chat feature. They don't have a lot of shit online. It's kind of been Nintendo's this, like stuck in the past. Let me see. This is. The Switch, the Wii U, and then the Wii before that. The Wii had online capabilities too, and but not like this. I mean, they. I mean, even the the, the Wii didn't have uh, talking capabilities either. No, they never did. They've never figured this out, and their excuse has been like, "Well, if we let people talk on the mic, you know, there's going to be some potty mouths, and we're a family company." It's like that's not an excuse. This is 2018. You have to have some kind of chat feature. And parental controls and muting and all that stuff, you know, every other company, every other business in this online space does it. To not do it is kind of like sacrilege. And it's just it's, it's Nintendo, right? They they're their own, they you know, they do their own thing and some things are great and some things suck ass. And you, you give you, you take the good, you take the bad, and in the end you have a switch. You, you got you guys go find our podcast from like five months ago where I complain about Nintendo and I'm barely know what I'm talking about, but Mark knows far more and helps me complain about Nintendo. That was a a good episode. One thing I was thinking about, about Nintendo the other day, um, when it comes to them, you know, uh, what's the, how's how's the phrase go? Uh, Playing to their own beat. So do you guys remember maybe about 20 years ago when the N64 came out? And the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation and every other next-gen system was going to CD. And we were saying, what the hell is wrong with Nintendo? What are they doing? They're like, no, no, no. We'll just kind of keep on going with what we're doing. And somehow it's kind of come full circle where now it doesn't really matter if you're on a, you know, a disc or if you have the little, you know, basically SD cards that Nintendo has now. Yeah, no, it, I mean, that's, it's like exactly when I said, like, you take the good, you take the bad, because they do weird stuff, and sometimes it fucking skyrockets, Switch and Wii are examples of that, and sometimes it burns to the ground, like uh, GameCube and uh, Wii U, right? Like, they do these weird things, and sometimes it catches, like, wildfire, and it's a huge excess, and sometimes they just, they just smolter and don't really ever get going, um, and it's just, yeah, it's weird. They, they do their own thing, and it's just these instances where they catch on are really cool. But then, you know, the next system will be some kind of clusterfuck. You're like, why did you why did you just keep doing that thing you did? But that's what makes them so unique and so fun is that they don't they don't play the arms race with PlayStation and Xbox. They don't want to be the most powerful console. They kind of want to do their own thing and get their own niche. And sometimes it works out great and sometimes it doesn't. And it's cool right now because it's totally working out. They not only do they have a fantastic system, they are having, you know, phenomenal software. And because of its success, more third parties are getting on. And a lot of indie developers are like, yeah, I'm going to put my game on Switch because people are starving. And everybody, every indie game that comes out, everyone says like, yeah, it's, it looks kind of cool. But man, I'd love it on the Switch where I could take it on the go. And all these indie devs are like, yeah, I mean, 
it's not easy to port your games from one system to another. It takes a lot of time and effort. And a lot of these teams comprise of maybe one to five to 10 people. So it's not easy to do. But once they do it, a lot of games have been more successful on the Switch because one, it's a new system. People are hungry for new games. The market hasn't been completely overwhelmed with just like new stuff coming out, even though that's quickly happening. So uh, yeah, I mean, everything's just firing off for Nintendo right now and they need to keep that momentum going. And a new Smash Brothers definitely does that. And they might need one other big marquee game this year, but I don't know. Maybe at E3, they'll announce, you know, what another big game is. But I think kind of Smash is that thing that might be able to hold people over for the year. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, we really didn't get into this, but let's put this out there. I'm kind of enjoying the fact that I have about three more weeks, is it, to get really excited for Habib and Tony. Yeah, we got a couple lols coming in. Oh, it'll be great. We might have to make a new Hall of Fame just so we can induct some people. I mean, we've, um, we've been complaining about how it's been too busy, so can't complain now that it's, you know, slowing down a little. Okay, wait, that's, that's not how this works. We, we can complain. I can still complain. There's just no the fights. Law, or the, the three bears effect. I want the one that's just right, Mark. That's I need also, right in fairness, is there is a card this weekend. We're just choosing not to watch it. It's just thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, probably more talking about more nonsense. Um, if you really just hear for us only to talk about what happened this week in fights... You know what? Someone is going to post the gif of Verdum doing a running kick we'll to this guy. Some analysis, you know. By the way, do you guys appreciate we're watching Pride and Verdum was throwing that flying kick shit back in 2005? <laughs> like, oh, kind of repertoire for a long time. I didn't. I, I, I never noticed it. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable was here. Lavender Gooms was here. DJ Mark was here. I'm doing this sign off like it's something I do every week when I do it once every 10. But thanks for listening and peace out. Later. See you guys.